2: Live from the Nasdaq Market Side, overlooking New York's Times Square. This is Fast Money. I'm Tyler Matheson, and tonight for Melissa Lee, your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Carter wars Steve Grasson, Guy Adami, and tonight on Fast, the market's ending the week on a down note. Our fears of a global slowdown and the coronavirus seeping back into investors' minds. We got some ideas on that. Plus, it's Friday, and you know what that means for our chart of the week. Mm. If you're spooked by today's swing, Guy has an idea that you will want to check out. There's the chart, we'll figure it out later. And we're counting down to the Oscars just over two days until the industry's biggest awards are handed out. But why are this year's results so very important to Netflix? We're gonna dive into the streaming race, which has more entrants today than it did yesterday. But we start with some good old-fashioned car talk. Mm-hmm. It has been a big week for the auto stocks and those affiliated with it. You got Uber just having its best day ever, reporting better than expected results. The company also laying out a new roadmap to profitability. Flipside, Ford stalling out this week after Ooh. missing earnings Ooh. estimates. The stock also taking a hit today after the automaker announced a leadership take-up uh, shakeup. And then there is Tesla. That stock Went on a total joyride this week. Oh, my goodness. Up and down. Ty. The electric car maker having its biggest <laughs> one day gain in six years Monday before cratering back down to earth so buckle up folks to hit the road and find out if any of these car stocks should be in your portfolio guy what do you think
3: well listen I, I'm not going to go down the Tesla route because I've, I've been grim death with that one and Ford the stock has been just abysmal but the one that looks the most interesting out of the three that we just talked about is General Motors Dan Nathan who appears on this show from time to time does a great job did a power pitch for GM the other night and it made a lot of sense I think you can trade it on the long side against the low we saw in May around 31 and a half, 32. We can talk about valuation, although, quite frankly, I don't think that matters. But if they can get this whole EV thing right, which they might be on the verge of, I think the risk-reward at these levels makes a little bit of sense in Is GM. it a
2: long-term buy-and-hold kind of stock or a trading stock? I
3: think if you get it right here, if you somehow can hold this 32 level, it could potentially be a general electric for Steve and for Tim, that type of thing. So, so if, yes. you, if you
4: look at that chart, though, that they just had up in GM, I, I, I just still see a lower trend line. It's terrible. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a terrible trend line. They're all chasing on the EV front. They are all chasing Tesla. Yeah. They're revamping. They're restructuring. It's not over yet. You're going to have time to buy this. Stuff. And, and
5: listen, traditional automakers, if you want to call them that, it's a lot of bifurcation. Nissan's making seven-year lows. Toyota's making all-time highs. I mean, it's just you got to get the right one. But there are themes in the auto patch that obviously are very important going forward.
2: Tim, thought on GM?
1: Well, I, I like or, GM. Or the car uh, stocks. Uh, just, more just to broadly. be clear, I mean, did, we, did we refer to GM as GE? Did you, no, no, no.
3: I said it could, GM be. could be the same situation that GE finds itself
1: in now. That's Okay, you did say that. I so, did. You know, yeah. That's yeah. absurd. Yeah. So it's not even close to GE proportions. I realize the stock has been kind of sideways. <laughs> this company's had record earnings. This stock trades, first of all, uh, you know, it trades as cheap as it ever has, and maybe that, that should tell you something. But to me, I, I think they're actually doing things right at GM. I think actually they're going to have an autonomous business and a robo-taxi business. And I think they're reasonably well positioned. If we want to anoint Tesla the, the head of the pack, I think the market has already done that. That's fine. Um, I think you've got a dynamic where GE, first of all, one of the reasons why this company put itself at odds with the White House is that it's running itself much more efficiency. It's, it's certainly focusing on its most profitable vehicles, which we know are SUVs and pickup trucks. And I think they are well positioned on technology. This has been a long term holding of mine. The valuation is very good. It's a solid dividend yield. The balance sheet's, uh, I think, as strong as it's ever been. So I know you aren't doing this, but I mean, when we this isn't a broken story like GE, it's not even close. Right. It's not not
4: even close because GE is up 15 percent. And GM is down 8%. So I, I think what Guy was talking about was a, a turnaround sort of in haze terms of over a halo that you could have over it. Uh, I, I don't see it happening just yet. We've, they've decided to move away from sedans. No one buys a sedan. Everyone wants to buy an SUV. So I think there's some innings left in the turnaround story. You don't have to rush out and That's buy.
2: It's so these far. Tesla has been in a one-horse race here in electric vehicles, right? I mean, well, in terms I, of the stocks, yes, but there, t- the, the stocks, competition can, has been out there for a while now. It's quickly, been there, but they haven't nibbled all that much at them.
3: I think it? they're going to come quick. But in terms of GM, quickly, I mean, you could make an argument that the last ten years has been sort of the best decade for car sales maybe ever in the history right, of the United States. Sure. The stock market's only gone up. of today, we're within a percent and a half of an all-time high. Yet GM, the stock, is the exact same price it was five years ago. So although maybe the company is in terms of record profits and those types of things, you know, you can make that argument. The stock has been awful. But I let, guess that was my comparison. Let, let's
4: remember that when this whole thing started, the only competition that Tesla had was the Toyota Prius. It was a terrible-looking vehicle. Now they've all come. Really far, but I think the the we still gauge auto companies, true auto companies, to a higher mark on fundamentals than we do Tesla. Let's Tesla get, has the luxury and of. By the way, quick
2: thought on Ford before I banish I mean, you over to the to well, the. Yeah, it's just
5: it's worse than GM. Yeah, Meaning we have it's not just this you are electric or you aren't again because then that wouldn't account for Toyota being at all time highs why Mazda and Nissan are making seven, eight-year lows. So it has to do with, obviously, your operating prospects going forward, valuation, debt, and all those things that, that uh, people like to talk about. But F- Ford's worse
2: than GM. Yeah, yeah. They've just brought in a new COO, right? Uh, what's the book on him? Does anybody know?
1: Well, I, I think if, if you look at Ford, this is a company that also just hasn't done the difficult things with, with their balance sheet. Uh, Ford Credit, I think, has been a liability. It will continue to be a liability. So, uh, you know, that, that's... I think the issue this is this is a more complex uh, balance sheet and and kind of credit story. I think it's a it's a stock where you have certainly seen significant underperformance over the last couple of years. And, and back to, you know, is there competition for Tesla? And let's not confuse why Tesla is rallying versus, you know, the competitive landscape for EV vehicles. Um, Analysts, whoever's doing this, uh, people that are covering shorts, whatever it is, are, are, are digging Tesla because they're making this into a data play. Obviously, the, the miles-driven dynamic that puts them so far ahead has nothing to do with people selling autonomous vehicles and being car companies. And if you look at BMW and if you look at some of the other players, Volvo's got a very competitive, uh, I think, alternative. The competitive landscape is there. That's not why people are valuing Tesla where they are, as far as I can tell. And
3: quickly, Ty, before sure. you banish one banish car- worth— uh, you mentioned the COO, the new incoming. The, new COO. the only reason that Ford might have a shot now is because Jim Farley is a graduate of?
2: GTAM. Georgetown University. Oh. Aren't they all? Just throwing hometown. it out there. In just my throwing it out there. You know those 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 Exorcist steps that come down. Don't even say the word. We Please. Used to run them. Do, we no. No. Stop. 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 The, Stop. Did Stop. Ever, Stop. Did you ever run to Dixie Liquors? Uh, yeah. Yeah, did yeah, it, yeah. Natty I, I, Bo. Yeah. I get some kegs in oh. Natty oh. Bo. Oh, yeah. See now we you used jinxed to, us. We used to try and run across the Key Bridge with the kegs. How that I know. I know. I'm just I'm just reminiscing. I'm reminiscing. All right, Carter. You think the auto trade? I can guess that you think the auto trade is done based on what you just said. I don't think there are. But gonna, we're look at it. Walk so us banished. over there. So
5: the interesting thing is you've got you've got look that are really doing quite well, and obviously others that are doing poorly. There's a great ETF that captures this if one wants to trade it, and in fact it's a very cute symbol, cars, C-A-R-Z. That's cute. And it is the global auto index. It's 32 stocks. It's a trillion dollars, and it's the names that you know. I mean, and here they are. Let's just roll through this quickly in alphabetical order: BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Ford, GM, Honda. All big names. You can picture them. You know what their products are. Hyundai, Kia, Mazda, Nissan, Peugeot. Let's keep going. Poor Subaru, Toyota, Tesla, among others. But that's just a handful of the big ones. And here is that chart. I mean, it has all the elements of a bearish to bullish reversal. A long downtrend, scalloping out, turning, bottoming. But is it? So it's weighted towards Toyota and Tesla. The two are 25 percent. If you equal weight all of those, from Subaru to Mazda to Nissan and so forth, take a look at what the chart actually turns into next. There is no bottom. So it's being overly influenced by a few names that are pulling up Let's look at longer term. Here is the CARS ETF as constructed by the owner of that ETF. And the betting is, of course, in the world that this is just like 2016. We had an industrial earnings recession and then China scare and the world improved. This is just like 2016 and that we're coming out. So if that's the analog, it should hold up with the equal weight. Does it hold up? Here comes the equal weight index. It does not. In 2016, we did turn. This time, no sir it is making new lows something's wrong or
1: right, let's trade but, it what well do you, think? you know it's interesting so uh, and Carter, I don't know if, if you if you looked at the chart of BMW or if we can bring it up, but but BMW, which is, I think, the third or fourth highest weighting in the cars ETF, that chart looks very similar. And, and to me, it's it's very emblematic of, of course, the European indices, which, of, of course, the big industrial part of owning the DAX is really in Daimler, BMW and some other industrial names. But uh, to me, if you're looking for some re really global acceleration and, and much in the way we saw European borses starting to rally before we ran into uh, the coronavirus, I think that's part of the trade. And I think BMW and, and Daimler are traded more as proxy plays for the German economy. And therefore, I think those charts look kind of interesting. It's interesting. I'm, not,
3: I'm dropping names again, but I have Go. to quickly. So I was at Columbia University. It's up on 114th oh, yeah. sort of Street. Up that way. It's no Georgetown. and it was, n- No. It's not. But with with that nice school nonetheless. But with that said, there were four power pitches. And one of them was for a company called Carvana by uh, a a very interesting gentleman. I don't want to get into the details, but take a look at this stock into earnings. It's had a huge run to the upside with a monster short interest, as the report towards the end of the month. So, again, not to get into the brutal details of this, but do a little homework on Carvana over the weekend into earnings at the end of
4: February. So so a couple of of, uh, takeaways real quick. So what I think is interesting is is your index. Uh, backstory there, you have to look at these ETFs that you're buying because when you have it so overweighted with Tesla, you don't know what you're buying and you see a pullback in Tesla and you have no clue why you just caved in your investment that you thought looked so great. And so you that, thought you
5: are capturing a theme, but it, you really got ex- two stocks.
4: Exactly. That. And when you look at Toyota Motors, even though the chart looks better than the entire industry's chart, other than Tesla, of course, when you look at it, it's only up a little over percentage point. So they've fought a lot of grinding. It's leveled out here. It's building a base. But keep an eye on that one, too, because that's binary as well.
2: All righty. Coming up, we will dive deeper into the auto sector and Tesla later this hour, how options traders could manage the wild week for the stock. But first, our chart of the week. Mm. Markets seem to shrug off the coronavirus fears uh, and then pull back from records. Guy will My tell God. us why this name grabbed his attention. Sure did. And uh, be sure to watch or listen to us live all the time, on the go, anywhere, the CNBC app. We're live from Times Square in New York City, and much more fast money coming right up after this.
0: What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager.
2: Welcome back to Fast Money. Markets breaking their four-day win streak Friday and pulling back from record highs, as you see there. It was a bit of a sell-off there late in the day. Uh, but even with today's drop, it was a strong week for stocks. The S&P 500 posting its biggest weekly gain since June. So was this
4: pullback just some profit-taking or... The sound of something bigger, Steve? I feel like the market is looking for a reason to pull back. I mm. feel like it was trade, then it was impeachment, and now we're looking at coronavirus. I think this could be a selling opportunity. Even, even though I'm constructive off a of bounce, I think the market wants to see much lower in the S&P before it goes higher.
2: It was waiting for something to tip
4: in. I think it's looking for some reason to get back down to that 200-day moving average, which unfortunately is right around 3K in the s&p but let's put the carpet let's not put the cart before the horse thirty two thirty is your fifty day thirty one twenty five is your hundred There's a lot of wood to chop before we get to the two hundred guy
3: great thirty thirty is my level in the s&p but yeah i think that's where we should trade down to given all every, all the backdrop and again the coronavirus does not seem to be getting much better i think the market is underestimating that again you have a weekend to look at this thing Last Monday we came in, we had this huge up move for the first few days. I'm not sure we're going to repeat that next week.
2: Midday, I hear they were tightening down in southeastern China around Guangzhou, uh, the Shenzhen area. And so that means that there is, and that is one of the biggest uh, manufacturing areas of all in, of China.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think, though... I would rather talk about this in the context of what markets have done and what they kind of need to do. I, I, you know, the S&P moving 16% since October 3rd is, is, was something that needed to take a breath anyway. We were down 2.2% for the S&P last week, uh, and therefore coming in. I think, look, by Friday, we had, we had a nasty day last Friday, and I think people had a chance to kind of evaluate. It, it was amazing to me that as the coronavirus news didn't, I don't think it got a whole lot better this week. Um, again, the numbers started to build, uh, that the market actually took some confidence. I, I just think positioning was offside. At Pardon? the end
5: of the day... If you're bearish, you believe the market wants, needs, should go lower. And if you're bullish, frankly, that's what you should want, too, because the further you stretch it, then the more extended and dangerous it gets. Dips are what allow markets or stocks to go higher. So it's healthy. It's due for a dip. And if you're bearish, you think the dip turns into something.
1: I, I also think that think about other times where we've we've questioned global growth. And, and we know that it's a global economy and the U.S. economy is certainly very linked to that. But we've actually traded as an island at times. And if you look at that payroll number out there this morning and while yeah, I was going I don't know, the U.S. jobs are growing at two and a quarter on, on average. But I, I do think that if you look at the payroll numbers and we talk about the consumer all the time on this show, um, I, you know, we are going to outperform in this country, even in the face of this. And I think at some point you have to think about that as a trade too, because it becomes a flight to quality trade on equity. And
5: speaking of that, the dollar has been very firm, and that is not a particularly positive element, if and as that continues.
2: All righty. Fears over the coronavirus continue to loom over the markets. For more on the virus and your money, please tune in to CNBC's special report, Outbreak Coronavirus. It is tonight at 7 p.m. after Mad Money. And if you think the stock market has, as markets have been glossing over all the risks out there, you might want to take a look at this. It's our chart of the week. Sure it is. What is it? What is it? it wow. Is the, it's not the BLT. No, no, no. It's not it's the BLT. The,
3: it's the TLT. Ah. You know, it's funny why about the BLT. I, I've ordered a BLT, <laughs> yeah. and I'd say the BLT without the T, because tomatoes on any sandwich to me are brutal. is there, so you don't why like you order it, though? I get a BLT <laughs> get without the, BL. the T. You just get a BL? Exactly. Um, <laughs> With so, that said, probably time to TLT, yeah. look at the TLT. And this is something we talked about on the desk. I know CB Dubs is in agreement on this one, but I still think rates are going significantly lower. 149 in the TLT was basically the high in August. I think yields bottomed out around 141 or so. I think we're headed back to that level in the TLT, which means I still think rates fall, and we'll see what happens what with sends the broader them market.
2: Down? What sends them down?
3: I think Just that the- what sends them down has been exactly what's the forces working against them or for them for the last five years. You know, this global environment, the fact that I don't think the global economies are nearly as strong as people want to say. And the fact that negative yields seem to be ruling the day and the U.S. seems to be destined to not get there but get damn close. And how
5: well utilities hold up, gold holds up, uh, even with the dollar strengthening TLT, it all suggests that... It's not quite the all-clear sign that the equity market is
1: telegraphic. There's there's no sign that the Fed is going to change gears on on their liquidity trade at this point. And and if you think about the reaction, uh, the reflation trade in the form of throwing liquidity out in the markets historically, that's what that's done for QE. Th- At least two, three, and four, it's had the opposite effect. And we've seen this with the ECB. If anything, you've started to see a rally in European banks once there was some sense that the ECB no longer believes in in their own version of of QE. And I, I think until the Fed changes gears, we have probably more of the risk of deflation than we have the risk of inflation.
4: Final thought? You have one? Uh, I think the utilities have shocked a lot of people. Everyone thought they were overvalued. But the truth is, when you look at the chart, it's it's pretty impressive how it keeps ratcheting up and forming bases. And I think, to that point, if you're going to invest in gold, I always like uh, buying the G- GDX, which is the gold miner ETF. You have a little more leverage out of that. It's a 3 to 1 ratio.
2: So no tomato, lettuce, and tomato sandwich no, no, no. for you, guys.
4: Tomatoes, I mean,
3: I don't know who, what human when, being likes tomatoes on this. When you order it
2: with all those different instructions, does it ever come right?
3: Yeah. Yes. When I go to Burger King, where, where you know, kids yeah. are king or when you whatever. It's it's so all hold
2: Burger the mayo. King. All right. No, the they, don't I hold told the mayo. The, what was was a Whopper, no tomato. It right. the always comes all the out right. Hold the lettuce. Guys, don't lettuce. upset us. All right. Coming up, Netflix goes to Hollywood talking uh, top billing, uh, taking really top billing with most Oscar nominations this year. Can the streaming giant be the weekend's big winner? Julia Borston is live from the Dolby Theater. What's the red carpet buzz, Julia?
6: Well, Tyler, the big question going into the Oscars this year is whether Netflix will make history and be the first streamer to ever bring home the top award of Best Picture. And this year, it has two films that were nominated. We'll break down why so much is at stake coming up after the break.
0: People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery, package-less and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground Service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
2: All right, welcome back to Fast Money, everybody. Camera, lights, Netflix, the stock is... uh On autoplay since late September, with shares gaining almost 50%. And the streaming service racked up the most Oscar nominations this year ahead of Sunday's big awards show. But this weekend could be more important for Netflix than for traditional studios. Julia Borston joins us live from the red carpet with the details. Hi, Julia.
6: Well, Tyler, the Oscars is a high stakes test of whether Netflix can earn the ultimate honors from the Hollywood establishment. Netflix has more riding on Sunday's Oscars than any other studio, both in terms of reputation and dollars spent investing an estimated $70 million on awards marketing. It has so much riding on it because Netflix has the most nominations of any studio, 24, including two for Best Picture, followed by Disney and its Searchlight Division with 22 nominations, then Sony with 20 and Warner Brothers and Universal with 12 and 11, respectively. Now, Netflix's film with the most nominations is Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Nominations include Best Picture and Best Director, Netflix spending a reported $160 million to produce this film and an estimated $25 to $30 million on awards season marketing for this movie. So, why is Netflix spending so much on marketing for awards? Well, Netflix says it isn't just targeting Academy voters, but also promoting its premium content to its subscribers and potential subscribers. Now, Netflix CEO Rita Hastings has said, and analysts agree, that awards are valuable to Netflix because they boost the company's ability to draw top talent. And the competition for talent is fiercer than ever, with so many new streaming services vying not just for subscribers, but also for stars and content producers. Guys, back over to you.
2: All right, Julia, thank you very much. So the question is, will Netflix continue to lead the way among the streamers? It is a business that is getting more crowded, it seems, Steve, every day.
4: I didn't think this was going to have a stellar out-of-the-gates Beginning to 2000, uh, to 2020, and it's done the opposite of what I thought it would do. I thought Netflix, people, Netflix has. I thought people would start worrying about valuation stretch. We had the, on the back of not the same companies, but on the back of WeWork testing all valuations and overbloating and no earnings. And if you look back in the rearview mirror, Netflix had an incredible run, and I thought it was going to start petering out of growth. But it just seems to me that the market is rewarding it for being the only pure play in streaming. I do my other play is Disney. I think that they're going to really start gaining market share, and of course, Apple, big splash, has more subs than Hulu and Disney already out of the gate. So Netflix, Apple, Disney, kind of overlooked
2: there, D- Apple on that point. I, I didn't not know a, that. Not
4: a lot of content, but yeah. they're over. they they're roughly. Uh, 33 million or so in subs. Yeah, it, and, who wants and the last word on below. this
2: one before we move on to our final trade?
4: Well, so they, they beat, and international
1: subs were part of it. I think the expectations into that quarter were, were not terribly good. Reed Hastings has been very kind of encouraging about the competitive landscape, but basically saying uh, the move away from linear TV helps us all. Um, I still think this company needs to be profitable. And I think that's what this comes down to. But um, good for them. I mean, with those nominations, there's no question they're producing content. But what's the cost and what's the cash burn? Because the other guys are not burning cash like this.
2: Well, that this show goes by so fast, I can't believe it. It's we got final trades. Who wants to go first? I'll tell you what. You know, why answer? not just do it as
1: we normally do? Even though you're probably sick of me Bang. talking, uh, I'll Bang. just say – we talked about GM early in the show, so let me get out of the way. But that valuation and that earnings dividend yield makes sense to me. Carter.
5: I think you can be short autos through cars, ETF. And if you want to pick along, Toyota is as good as any.
2: That, that, that was the chart you showed us earlier. Yep. Cars short that one. Steve.
4: GDX, the miners, ETF. If you think the market's going to have a little bit of trouble getting past these next couple of months or so, GDX.
3: All right, Guy. Apologize to tomato farmers out there one time. <laughs> huge, huge 08
2: coming up. Oh for yeah, you. we'll be we'll be here.
1: And taking can I tell you, you, bring o'clock. the gas. Man. We bring the,
2: the hate Thanks for that coffee earlier, bring man. The that, gas. Was is it that was what a
0: compliment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, okay, we gotta go with that. Fast money, yeah. Bio-Gen. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you.